Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. guys and welcome to this new episode of the Partido Partido podcast where we talk everything Aleti. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Aleti Feminino and their, the progress they have made this season and what happened and everything. So joining me on this special episode is our Josella from Twitter, Yash. Yash, welcome to the welcome to the part How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good and I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me and yeah, ready to talk everything Atletico Feminino. Yeah, so if you don't, I'm sure most of you know Yash. He produces very great reviews online and he's one of the most knowledgeable guys about the foot, foot fem, that's the female football. So diving straight into things, we are going to be talking about a little a brief talk on what happened last season and what went wrong because that was the f- last season Aliti finished fourth. That was the first time since the 2011-12 season since Aliti has not finished in the top three. That means they could not qualify for the Women's Champions League and that was really bad and it was really a tough season for Aletico because they kind of changed coach, coaches mid-season and there were a lot of games in which things were not going, a lot of draw games. So, Yash, what do you think went wrong for Aliti last season? Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing season overall, to be fair. Like, they did did end up winning the uh, Super Cup, but, I mean, it's still not not ideal. 
so what went wrong and what is still a problem for atleti i feel like is their inconsistency in front of goal they aren't like lethal they they lack a true you know striker figure in my opinion so they miss a lot of chances like uh, just for example take the chelsea game from last season champions league i mean they got three penalties none of them went in so like i mean you can't ask for more to be fair like if you are getting three penalties one of them has to go in so that is the problem like atleti do create chances but they are never able to capitalize on that that is one of the issues that i felt uh, that hurt atleti really badly because they, they weren't losing the games but they weren't winning either so they were dropping points by drawing the game a lot of times they were struggling to get uh, the goals and most of the goals only came from uh, deina and ludmila so they were leading the line but there were no goals from the wide players like tony duggan had a really poor season turid nag then managed to you know settle in so that was obviously uh, tough in terms of attack the other thing that i felt was uh, that hurt you know atleti in the previous season it was uh, not having a good midfield like the midfield wasn't as balanced with virginia out uh, it it really left a hole like virginia is a great player great you know very important in the build up and everything but she um, had to get a uh, surgery for her brain tumor and now she is back what a champ obviously like but yeah her her presence was obviously missed in the midfield so that was a huge miss uh another thing was a lot of changes dude like uh, a lot of changes in the managerial position when you constantly keep shaking things up that much so uh, it takes it takes a bit away from the squad uh, to settle in and to you know keep producing to gaining momentum to keep producing that on the field like if a new manager comes in he comes in with his own ideas and then there's a shake up of things and then the players that were in the lineup before they aren't in the lineup again so those sort of changes they hurt in the uh, those sort of quick changes uh, they hurt in the in building any sort of momentum in my opinion and lastly it was injuries as well like injuries did hurt you like there there were injuries to key players there were a lot of uh, you know changes brought in and out so that was obviously another factor that doesn't help in building a building any sort of momentum and building any sort of uh you know reaching your aims and stuff like that so yeah i think these were the main issues that i could point out in terms of what made atleti atletico madrid's last season not that great yeah you just talked about the fact that atleti have not they were not they have been, not been clean time for Uruguay, and that's true atleti won three titles from 2007 17 16 17 up to it i think 18 19 in which they were they, they were the champions and on those seasons they were close to scoring close to they were close to scoring 100 goals but in the previous season the goal has kind of dropped and it's not just down to chance creation well for the female football it's not really easy having the stats because i to first of all to watch the game is so, so difficult but the goals are drying up and you talked about the highly dependency on rumila and and dana which both of them are not really out and out strikers so what do you think what do you think the club should do? Because you talked about the fact that they need a striker, but Ajibide has been there this season. She has acted like, I would say, target woman, which she's able to have that presence, but she mostly drifts out wide. 
so what needs to be done is atleti needs to sign a out and out striker to you know complement what dina is doing or what you know complement what ludmila brings up front and i think atleti do have the answers like it isn't all doom and gloom like if you look at the table currently atletico madrid is the second highest scoring team in the league yeah they are they are scoring at a good rate but the problem is there there are inconsistency there are patches in between where they don't manage to you know break the deadlock once the deadlock is broken it's it's uh, usually that atleti now then sail and score more but breaking that initial deadlock has been really tough for them a lot of times so i think uh, one of the solutions that would work is getting an out and out striker a proper number 9 and uh, to be fair there is an option in the in the squad as well that can be utilized more and that will bring goals now obviously last season tony duggan and turid nag didn't didn't really work that well you know they uh-huh. could not add goals from the wide areas but now you've got barbara latore and uh, tembi kagatlana both great players i mean from the wide areas you need goals kagatlana is there like i think kagatlana needs to be used a bit more because she she brings that directness she brings that goal threat from the left hand side cutting in or like she can dribble into play she can she can score solo goals solo so like she can be a difference maker and she needs to be used more on that left uh, left hand side i feel like barbara latore again she can be a difference maker like we saw against real madrid as well she was awesome she was really great so that is what uh, i feel like this season uh, it hasn't been as prominent but it's still like it's still what is limiting atletico madrid to reach that to you know properly secure that position of the second best team in the league behind barcelona so that is what is uh, i feel needs to be done to utilize kagatlana more and to you know try to uh, just get over that initial barrier i mean it's 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 tough but you have to utilize what you have at hand right now and i think atleti do have the tools to make it work well it, when you were talking about the issues of last season you talk, also mentioned atleti's midfield it was really a mess because they had to play attacking the even times they now played in midfield which was really bad because the limited option like you said thankfully virginia tranquilla is back which is great for the team and all, you also mentioned the fact about the changes the management this season Oscar Fernandez was brought in from Madrid CFF which is great news for the team because now that's a little bit of stability also they Atleti brought in so many players especially in midfield you had Babanini who is basically an attacking midfielder you had Sheila Garcia and you also have Maitan you have Maitan Lopez which which has been the one who has played all featured in all the games this season which is great So talking about Oscar Fernandez and the transfers this season, Atleti went for more lo- more local players. That means they went for players who played in the league, as compared to previous season in which they brought in so many players who were not used to the league, and maybe that was really one of the causes of Atleti going down. But this season they went for the league and went for some of the top players in the league. You already mentioned Barbara Latore and Kaglana, which are great options. They were both. For example, Kalena did very well at Eibar, and you talk about her providing goals from wide areas, which is great. So, what many Atleti fans they don't really follow the female team that much. Most of them just rely on the scoreline and what information they can get from Atleti Universe, like Colchonera, or maybe from the Pat Podcast page on Twitter. So, what? So, 
I would like you to maybe talk more on Oscar Garcia and most of the players that came in this season. Yeah, so there were a, so there were a host of changes uh, that happened this season. Yeah, so um, obviously Atleti brought a lot of players in uh, to compensate for the outgoings as well. Like Tony Duggan went out to it. <coughs> Excuse me. Turid Nak went out. And the replacements were pretty good, I feel like. Uh, obviously, Tony Duggan and uh, Nag didn't do that well. So they brought in good players like Barbara Latore, who, who is again, uh, has played in the league, uh, has done well. So they brought her in. Then they also brought in Banini. Like uh, one of the issues was also that there wasn't a solid, uh, you know, out and out playmaker in the team. So Banini yeah. brings that as well. So you can like rotate her with Dana when needs be or like she can be a difference maker in the big games. She has that big game pedigree to her. So Banini is obviously great. Then the I think the best signing that Atleti could have made uh, and they did was Maitane. Like by far, by far the uh, one of the best uh, defensive midfielders in the league. And what a player. Like her importance is, is clearly reflected in the fact that she has played every single minute this season in the league. And I mean, she she's just she's just fantastic. Like she she is also versatile. Like when we get uh, as I get into the tactics, I'll mention how she has been used this season. But she brings so much stability to that midfield, whether it's playing alongside Lacey or it's playing alongside Messi. It's it's always uh, like everything flows to her. She brings out when off the ball. She is defending spaces really well. She is marking players really well. And she has the passing ability as well to, you know, unlock defenses and play the balls in behind. So she's she's really great. Uh, one of the players that also uh, Atleti brought in to compensate for the goals up front was Sheila Garcia from Rayo. Uh, she yeah she has been utilized at, at fullbacks as as well at times. But yeah, she's more of a forward and she can fill in there. Very important for Rayo in the previous seasons where when she was there. Now, I mean, she's translating and was uh, rewarded with a uh, call-up to the national team recently as well in the Arnold Clark Cup. So, yeah. Uh, also, we cannot forget about Lola uh, Gallardo. Like, now, that that's one less area for Atleti to worry about. Like, they have Lindahl and then uh, they have Lola as well. So, that's the goalkeeper position. A bit secured for the coming few seasons, at least. Then they also got a Swedish player in the in the winter market, Lundqvist. I, I might be pronouncing it wrong. I'm really sorry if I am. Yeah. So, yeah, I apologize for that. Um, but, yeah, so they brought her in. Then there was also Amanda Frisbee, who has been injured. But I think I think she, if, when fit, she could also help the team a lot. So, yeah, there were a host of changes. And one of the changes was also in the in the dugout with Oscar Fernandez coming in. So uh, the way he likes to set his team up or for, from what I have seen this season is it's it's a basic 4-4-2 uh, on the surface, but he also likes to go for a 4-3-3 from times. Now, what, what changes here is like when, when uh, what matters here is the midfield combination that, that dictates how Atleti play this season. Like suppose there are three, two major possible combinations. It's either Messi is there or Messi isn't there. Like if we have to categorize it like that, when Messi is there uh, and she's playing alongside Maitane and Lacey, that means that Maitane will be 
further advanced generally because Messi is that destroyer kind of uh, defensive midfielder who like uh, provides the screening presence in front of the defensive line. When Messi isn't there and Maitane is paired with Lacey, then Maitane takes up a more conservative role where she is defending, where she is providing the defensive coverage, where she is covering the spaces, where she is providing a screening presence in front of the defense. Uh, but yeah, Maitane's role has been uh, really, really an interesting one because when she's playing alongside Messi, she usually uh, acts more of a box-to-box midfielder where she is usually, you know, you can also at times see her attacking the box. She's making those runs into the box. She is really, uh, she's a very uh, aware player of, her, of the spaces as well. Like she knows where to be at what time. So that makes her runs into the box and stuff like that very crucial. Uh, and usually how Atleti like to play is, uh, it obviously starts from the back. They obviously like to keep the ball with the players they have. Uh, there is a lot of verticality in their passing. Like the center backs would split, and obviously sometimes if when whenever Messi is playing, Messi likes to drop uh, in either between or on the outside of the uh, back two, and that's where the build-up begins with a established back three and stuff like that. So obviously when they when they are passing out the back, they obviously look for vertical options. With Messi in the team, that frees up the other two midfielders like Lacey and uh, Maitane, who are obviously the two eights. And what happens is uh, Lacey and Dana up front, they rotate. So like uh, it would sometimes be Dana is very, Dana, we will talk about Dana specifically because she has been uh, incredible in the last two seasons. So what, what Dana does is she is really intelligent in pulling the defenders down with her which opens up space for Lacey to then attack so that has been a common theme uh, with these rotations so uh, that is what i feel like the way athletic try to build up play and stuff like that it, it's not really a very cross heavy approach or anything like that but uh, they do they can go direct as well with uh, ludmila usually is the one that stays higher up the pitch as an outlet uh, for when situations on the transition and stuff like that appear so yeah i mean uh, that is basically it well thank you Yash. i'm sorry guys i made a mistake it was supposed to be oscar fernandez yeah you talked about the way i a little did everything for those guys i'm hearing messi is not only messi guy he's messi girl she's really one of a little, she's one of alitis captain this season and she's really one of the best players in the league like he, like Yash talked about she's really a destroyer yes you mentioned something important which we talk we said we're going to talk about Dana specifically, and I want us to start with Maitan because her role has been really important. Like you said, when she plays midfield, she kind of go box to box, but that's not only been the case with um, Amanda, with Amanda Frisbee's injury because she was brought in for Magic CFF. That's the club. Oscar Fernandez was there before he came to Aleti. He, I'm sure he brought her in to play as a starting center back, but her injuries have meant they have got their rotations in the center back position because you have the Dutch Ziv Van Dugan was. Not really, who has been in and out of the team, but she is really a solid option. And at times, Maitan has had to play in the center of defense, and that has helped a little because when Maitan has been there, the build-up has really been better than other games. And and starting from compared to the start of the season, lots of things have improved from Oscar Fernandez's tactics. That's Aleti's press is more coordinated, and their passing has improved, and their build-up play. I say they are passing the case because at the start of the season, the idea of building up of the back was there with 
with Messi dropping deep and everything going. But the issue was when teams, when they play against the better team like Granadilla, Real Sociedad, and the team kind of press them, you have them playing a lot of passes under pressure, inaccurate passes. But that has improved. So what's your take on Might? And because like we talked, it was really a great sign for Aleti and Mech. She has really, I've been impressed by her. What she does off and off the ball, it just, it just, it just really, really great. That is something Aliti needed because we talked about the fact that last season Aliti were really lacking in midfield, actually with Vegina out there, bringing in someone like that to show up things. And the amount of trust Oscar has in her has showed, like we, we just said, she has played every minute. So, what is your take on Maitan's role? Because she is not only played in midfield, but also in defense. Yeah, I mean, Maitan is, was arguably one of the best midfielders uh, in the league last season. Uh, I mean, she, in my opinion, she is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league and, um, you know, around the world as well. Like, she she understands everything about that role really well. She performs it to perfection almost at times. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was actually really unhappy that uh, Real Madrid weren't uh, interested in getting her when the news broke out that she was going to leave uh, Real Sociedad because we were in desperate need of a defensive midfielder and Maitane was right there. So, yeah, I mean, I was pretty unhappy. But, yeah, you can see her importance clearly. Like, she, she is the ever-reliant presence in the midfield. She can play multiple roles in, in the midfield or when the need be, she can also fill in at defense. But yeah, it's it's her it's her that those slight tweaks like when playing alongside Messi, she she can be that advanced midfielder. She can go from box to box and uh, use her passing ability more, use her runs more. But when the need comes, when Messi is out of the picture, she can provide that defensive solidity as well. The thing is uh, with Atleti, uh, the problem also persists in defense. Like the center back pairing isn't that great in my opinion. Uh, like I, I really rate Laya. Like Laya is uh, one of the best young defenders. I feel like she, she, she has got a huge potential. But the problem is Laya has mistakes in her. I don't know if you saw the uh, recent game in the Copa de la Arena against Sporting yeah, de Huelva. Yeah, she's easily. I think one of her things is one of the things she easily drawn out of position. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that... lots of mistakes and also she's not really. How can I say? Wow, that was really shocking. That game in the Copa. Yeah, it was it was a really poor game. Not not just to take that and dunk on her, but uh, that has been a case for Laya in the, the recent seasons as well. Like she'll put out a great performance uh, every once in a while, but there are these mistakes that are part of part of her game, where her body orientation is uh, poor, where she's turning, uh, you know, where she's get she gets turned very easily or she gets pulled out of position very easily. So these are the things that needs to be improved. Uh, I mean, she she used to play in midfield before, but uh, I don't think that is pretty ideal now. She she can then at fullback as well when the need be, and she has done some good work there at times. You know, when I can remember when she defended against uh, Sofia Jakobsen last season. I mean, she did she did decently there, but that is the thing. She has to uh, patch up those inconsistencies that are a part of her game. And that hurt the team a lot. Like against Sporting De Huelva, she was turning, she was getting turned very easily. Her in, uh, in the in the second goal, she could have shown the player outside outside of the uh, outside of the goal, but uh, instead she turned inside and gave the opportunity to shoot, and the second goal went in. So these are the things that she needs to work on. 
and athletic uh, athletics defense uh, don't really have a leader presence wandongan is there that usually does that but wandongan again um, like isn't uh, a truly commanding figure there they need somebody that can you know take take up that metal and you know lead the backline really well that is that is that has been missing and that has hurt athleti a lot of times because uh, apart from the inconsistencies in front of goal if you can't keep uh, uh your defense tight you will obviously suffer and lose a lot of points and that has been that has been the case for athleti uh in, on a few occasions so that needs to be worked on uh but yeah i feel like those are a, those are few things that need to be considered when uh, discussing the entire defensive uh portion of the game that includes the defensive midfielder and the backline as well yeah you talked about athleti defenses in athleti basically they are considering averagely a goal for their consistency. They are considered 21 goals in 21 games. That's a goal every game. But in the previous season, that's the title winning campaigns. We had a little consistency that maybe after 30, 30 or more games. And the issues defensively have not just been for the centre-back pairing. I think you also have issues in full-back, especially on the right, in the right-back position. Because on the left, we have Menayo, who has, really, she has been playing there this season. On the right, we have had Leah playing there. You have had Simon who was running from Paris Saint-Germain playing there. You have had Sheila, who is, like we said, is an attacker, but she has played there. So it looks like the defense is another issue Alexia has to strengthen because in attack and in midfield, they look to have done okay. And that position looks to be lacking now because they can't. You watch the game against Alexia Club, you watch the game against Villas Sociedad, even the game against the game against the bigger side, that's the games who are available to watch. You have them Alexia's defense all over the place and like you said that's down to them missing a, a leader a commanding or a commanding somebody you have Vendongan being drawn out of position easily and a lot of things like that that is not really great if like you said they want to really put themselves as the second best team in the league because Barcelona right now they are really far ahead in terms of all the other teams and in the league you need some something special from the other teams to catch them up so talking about this season analytics so far what's your take on the overall season because it's been slightly better as compared to last season and i think the club the team now has a little bit of stability they have an identity how they want to play and they are not meeting tactic tactics as compared as last season so what's your take on this season so far and which finish will and end to the season will be a good one because Alicia already out of the copa de la arena in the round of 16. that's a tournament in which Alicia has Struggle, they have not found success in him because they have mostly been in the quarter finals or the semi finals and they have won that just one time. So, what's your take on Alexis' season so far? What will be a good season? Uh, I mean, obviously, the good the good thing will be to finish second, like that would be the best outcome because uh, catching Barcelona is obviously like uh, you know something out of sight now. But yeah, I mean, the best best case scenario will be to finish second. And I think that is what Atleti should be targeting because, uh, you know, Real Sociedad, obviously they have been great this season. Kudos to them. But their squad depth isn't there. Their squad depth is really poor when competing. So that might come into play as the season, as we get towards the end, uh, last part of the season. So I think that is where Atleti can capitalize. Now, obviously, they have been knocked out of the Copa de la Arena, so they don't have to worry about that competition as well. So they can purely focus on the league now. And I think uh, finishing second should be the aim. And, uh, you know, 
making the champions league has to be like losing uh, they cannot lose out on the champions league spot again so uh, finishing second and making that uh, champions securing that champions league berth is obviously the ultimate goal this season overall this season i feel uh, if if real madrid would have done better at the start of the season when we had like so many injuries and stuff like that if we would have done better in the league uh, i feel the way we talk about uh, you know real sociedad or atleti season would have been a little different but since uh, these teams had a great head start i would say over real madrid now real madrid is the chasing team these teams are like atleti and real sociedad are in a good position overall uh, if you just look at purely the numbers of like for goals conceded and for goals scored atleti are clearly the second best side in the league they have conceded the second least goals they have uh, scored the second most goal and are, are the only team that has scored over 50 goals apart from barcelona so obviously uh, if you just look at those numbers and even the underlying numbers like uh, stats one posted the underlying numbers uh, the underlying goal difference expected goal difference figures for uh, the league and atleti were comfortably the second best team based on those numbers so that is the thing like if you look at those numbers it it would suggest that they haven't been like that bad but they can be better like that is the problem they are creating chances yes but are they putting them away no like uh, yesterday uh, yesterday no in the previous game against sporting de huelva as well uh, there was an opportunity for ludmila where she rounded the keeper but didn't finish didn't finish so i mean those chances you have to take i mean if she would have finished the game state would have altered and you know everything goes differently then so that is what has been the case like they get the chances they create the chances they have players like you know they have creative players like banini now they have creative uh, uh wingers like latore who can create chances as well so there are players who can create chances and the players are creating chances but the problem is they aren't putting those away up front and if they can uh, gain some sort of consistency uh, in there that would be a big help that would be a massive improvement and would see them you know finish uh, quite high and where they want to be uh, as the season progresses so i feel that is something that needs to be worked on that has hurt atleti in the last two seasons to be fair so that definitely needs to be worked on and as i suggested that atleti should be looking for an out and out striker a uh, proper number 9 not somebody like ajara and chudo who they got in and like she also performs better when positioned out wide and allowed to come in so this is what they have to identify the right profile uh, firstly because yeah kagatlan is great you have to utilize her more she can be a proper goal threat from out left but you have to get a proper goal threat through the middle uh, ludmila isn't really a number 9 she can play alongside one but she isn't really a uh, number 9 same with daina daina is more of an attacking midfielder or a, a shadow striker or a second striker so that is the thing they have to get a proper number 9 who can be a difference maker and i mean the market is open they can find one they have to just look in the right areas i feel like so yeah Yeah, so it's basically the same issue the female team have with the male team because the male the male team is full of secondary strikers and the female team is also full of secondary strikers. You just talk about Dana and the fact she's more of an attacking midfielder. So she joins this this uh at third season or let me say second because the first season didn't play a lot of game, but this basically at third season reality. So what's your take on her progress? Because 
she seems to be having more and more influence in the team and not just in scoring goals, but also in creating them. And I said, she's also, they said, the set piece taker, which her deliveries are really great. And Alexia has scored a couple of set pieces from her delivery. So what's your take on her development and how do you see her becoming more influential in Alexia or maybe taking a leading role, as say maybe that of Lacey Santos, because Lacey Santos is also another South American who has been good in the team and she's really, really outstanding. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dana is one of the best young players in the world. Like that has not been a secret. That has always been clear that her talent spoke for herself when she took on the under-17 World Cup in 2014 and finished as the joint uh, top scorer, I think, uh, if I if my memory serves me correct. Like, she, she is a fantastic yeah. talent. Like, her talent has never been the question. When she played for Florida, she I think she won the best midfielder and the best forward award for the collegiate soccer that goes on in, in the U.S. So, yeah, I mean, her talent is, is was never the question. When she arrived in 2020, January, I think, uh, the first yeah. six months were tough, which is understandable because, you know, it's a new country. She needs to settle in. She needs to take care of whatever is off the field. We often don't account for those uh, things, but yeah. Uh, so first six months, it was a, it was a slow start for her. But then, then she showcased what what she was all about. I mean, she finished previous season as the highest goal scorer and the highest assist provider, if I'm not wrong. So I mean, yeah. that that just showcases her importance for the team. Like, uh, she, as you say, she she is a great uh, set piece taker as well. So she can affect the games from dead ball situations. She can create chances from corners. She can create chances from set pieces. So she has all of that, and uh, she she is a really really smart player. When you know off the ball or on the ball, she she is really good. She has excellent long shooting ability. I mean, she can hit the ball from a range very well. Yeah, I mean, she she is just fantastic at that. And recently, like we have been seeing her, uh, you know, develop into a more tactically sound player as well. Like she's she's contributing in the press as well, defending, helping the fullbacks. And what has been my uh, highlight for her this season is is the rotation she has with uh, she has with Lacey in the midfield during the build-up like she would often drop deep like she she would show for the ball but she wouldn't receive it she would be opening space uh, in between the line for Lacey to make the run in uh, and stuff like that so she she is developing tactically as well really well so I mean yeah her, her potential her ceiling has always been high she has a slight temper issue I, I would say like not not really a very significant one but she gets worked up when things aren't going her way but I mean that will settle down. I feel like with age, but uh, that that fighting nature of her, that talent ceiling on her. I mean, it's it's just incredible. She is a great player, and there is no doubting that. Well, off the pitch, you can basically see her joking and smiling with Lacey Santos. Both of them are South Americans, though from different countries. But I think that's the closest person she she has in the dressing room, and that link up on the pitch is great for her. because when you watch your game, you you are like. Confusing which of them plays as maybe the attacking midfielder or the striker because they keep on switching the roles and everything. This season she's a latest Dana is a latest top scorer with nine that's joined with Ajibade the Nigerian. And though it's not she has not been as prolific as last season, but there's still a lot of games left in the season to play. And like you said, she's getting mature, she's becoming more tactical, and that is really great for her. So 
one of the things I think many newcomers to Spanish female football don't know about is the fact that Atleti has a very fierce rivalry with Barcelona, which is something they don't know. Barcelona won the league for from 2016, I think, to 17, and Atleti took over. So, but this the past two years, Barcelona has kind of left their great rivals in the dust, and it's really hurting for someone like me because those are the games I used to live for, watch, actually when Atleti win. Like, for example, Atleti are basically the last team to defeat Barcelona in the league, which was last season 4-3. I kind of enjoyed that, even though I know we're miles behind them. So, do you think, well, this is a question, I think the answer is clear, but do you think there's any catching Barcelona? Maybe not now. Maybe maybe not now, but in the long run. Or, or and we have talked about the things Atleti need to do to straighten up. But do you think there's a possibility of catching him because they are they are really good? I mean, yeah, I would hope so. Like, look, I I truly believe that football is cyclic. So what Barcelona have now is special. Obviously, like there hasn't been you know many instances like this there have been great teams obviously there leon obviously there's wolfsburg there's there been a potsdam at, at once so there have been all these great teams and barcelona is one of them so we are truly talking about one of the all-time great uh, squads ever assembled so yeah i mean they are currently far ahead of anyone else in the league they are just that good obviously but yeah i mean you know, with contracts uh, running uh, running up for Barcelona, with injuries and stuff like that, you, you cannot predict what is going to happen. They will obviously stay in the upper echelon, but uh, I think teams will catch up. Like, obviously, Real Madrid uh, are in the game as well now, so they, they will want to build something bigger and better. And now, with the signing of Sophie Savava, a really highly talented player, they I think that was one of the statement signings as well, because uh, if I'm not wrong, there was some fee paid as well like a big fee paid for her so they are uh, sh- showcasing that they will push for it they will push for the good players they will push for the really talented ones and they are ready to pay the money so as teams like real madrid and atletico madrid uh, start investing more and start getting those players the gap will close down it, it won't be that barcelona will always be that far ahead and that cycle would you know as football changes at football as football progresses there will be uh, cases of for the other teams, but right now it's it's Barcelona in a different tier uh, compared to the rest of the teams. So yeah, it's 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 amusing to watch and it's also frustrating because it's your direct rival, you know. So you can't really uh, be really happy for them, but watching them play, it's it's you know watching them on the field, you can see why they are uh, where they are because they are truly a magnificent team right now. So, yeah, kudos to them. But I think, yeah, the gap will close with uh, in the coming seasons as teams invest more, at, as teams keep adding depth, as teams keep making the right decisions. So, yeah, it will happen. Not now, well, but just... it will happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it happens soon for me because I kind of live for those days in which we won the league three times in front of them and then them finishing second behind us. Well, like you said, Real Madrid is into the onto is has been added to the mix, so it makes things kind of interesting. So talking about the rest, you said Barcelona and the tier of their own that is true because currently they are twenty two points above second place Real Sociedad. But we comparing from the fourth to the from the second to right up to maybe the sixth, you have teams that are fighting for the two remaining spots for the Champions League because with the introduction of the group stages in the Champions League, the number of teams that participate from playing into the Champions League kind of increased to three. 
So you have Royal Sociedad who are currently occupying the second spot, and you have you you have Tenerife Ganadia who has really been a surprise this season. You have Aleti in fourth position, Aleti Club, and you have Real Madrid. So these are the teams who are fighting for the remaining two positions. Real Madrid kind of have three games in hand, and if they can win those games, then they'll be back in the mix because currently they are really far away from third place. UD Grenadilla, that's eight points, but three wins is nine points, and their opposition against they are playing against Athletic Club, who is who are ahead of them by just a point this weekend. Then you have one of their delay games against Atletico Atletico Madrid. So you know the delay game. You have the, their game against Aleti, which in midweek, and then later on they play against UD Granadilla, who are in third position, and then you have the I think the Champions League coming up, and you also have which is against Barcelona. And you also have Barcelona. You also have them playing in the semi in the quarterfinals of the Copa de la Arena, which is really tough. So, Yash, what's your take on the top four, and what do you think are your Real Madrid's chances of qualifying this year for the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, I do think that we will be able to make it given our uh, you know recent results and how we have been trying to build on the momentum on the pitch. Obviously, it hasn't been uh, that drastic of a change. We haven't like improved a lot tactically, but uh, the team is riding a momentum. So when a team is riding momentum and there are players who can make difference, like Esther has been great for us. So when you have players like that, when you have players fit, when you have a whole squad. Real Madrid squad is pretty good. I feel we have a couple of difference makers who can, you know, change the game on their own. So I do believe we have a chance. With and as the season progresses, the squad depth will matter a lot. It, it's a big month for us. Obviously, as you mentioned, all the fixtures that we have against the uh, direct rivals for the sports. So that is gonna be a really crucial month for us. March, uh, it will be what will make or break our season. But uh, yeah, uh, I feel like we will be able to finish in the top three spots or if not top three, then we will be fourth at best, I feel like. Because anything below that would be, I feel, a little disappointing. But I, I am positive of our chances uh, with the games in hand and stuff like that. Obviously, I would have liked for the points to be on board rather than games to be in hand. But it is what it is. We have to make the best of it. And uh, currently with a, a fully fit squad and the momentum that we have, I think we will be able to see out some positive results in the month and that will make a lot of difference uh, going forwards. So yeah, and talking about the Champions League sports, uh, apart from the obviously mentioned names like Real Sociedad, Atletico Madrid, and Granadilla, there are also teams that are, you know, kind of like uh, party poopers for others, like Levante, they can obviously cause a shocker every now and then. And they're obviously a great team, but this season they haven't been that good. Uh, and obviously, since they lost so many key players, it, it's, it was obviously going to be tough for them. So, yeah, they haven't been that good, but they can obviously, you know, turn, turn up and then give a hard time to any of the teams. Then there's Athletic Club. Like, they are one of the clubs that have really been, I mean, results-wise, they haven't been that impressive. But, oh boy, what they do on the pitch, the new manager that is really really impressive like they are really a team to watch out for they also like a true striker but uh, the policy limits them to you know not sign from outside so they are uh, reliant on their academy to produce a good striker next 
which uh, i don't know like the the scene doesn't look that that promising but the things they do on the pitch they gave barcelona a hard time when they last played them they clearly showed how you can break them down and uh, yeah they they are really impressive there i mean athletic club are one of the teams uh, one of the highlights of the season for me in in terms of how they have improved on the pitch and what they do with the ball what they do off the ball and how well organized they are how clear they are in their ideas and how well they are playing out of pressure as well like there have been sequences where they just played brilliantly out of uh, opposition pressure so yeah i mean the new manager is doing a great job there well you just talk about athletic club now well the game athletic lost to them last time out 2-1 and wow they were really compact because they kind of made athletic to be in 16 and 17 in the defense and when athletic had the ball in their final third it was like tough to break down they had to take a transition and maybe a moment of brilliance from from Kalanta, from Kal, excuse me, from Galanta, Kal, excuse, from Galana and Aleti were able to equalize, but Aleti lost. That was their first win against Aleti in ten years, I think. So the race for top four is on, and hopefully Aleti can finish in the Champions League places, and hopefully not for Real Madrid because well, they are just coming and they are really achieving much, which is danger to us. So. To watch games in Spanish football is really tough because you have to dig deep. For example, I as an analytic fan, you have a group of analytic fans on Instagram which they basically go and watch games and they stream the game for us using their telephones. That's basically the only way I watch analytic home games. But the fun fact is all of analytic games are half highlights. And I don't just mean highlights, the quality highlights, but you can't watch the game, which is really tough. I don't really understand what is going on. It's not just analytic, but all over the league. I think apart from Real Madrid, Barcelona, Real Sociedad, and Athletic Club will kind of have YouTube channels and they are portraying the game. That's basically how you have to watch the game. So it's been a thing back and forth. The league just became professional some few years ago and there was a TV deal, but that went out of the window. So Yash, what's your take on the broadcasting? Because it is really hurting the league and also hurting the progress of the league. And not just because players don't cannot come in because they don't have no, you know, be a lot of viewership. You also have the 11 pro and you have just one player f- from Spanish league which basically Barcelona are the best team in the world so and you have some nominees like Jenny Emoso who came second but it's not even there that's down to the fact because many of the voters well they don't really have access to Vinelli so what's what's let's talk about this broadcasting issue Liga Iberdrola is having yeah I mean that is uh very you know convoluted matter that has been going on for a while and it has been hurting the progress of the league obviously it has been hurting the visibility of the league which is what matters when you're trying to market a product to you know outsiders or to other uh, other countries or to other fan bases because if you cannot uh, guarantee that they can at least see the games then how are you going to tell them that there is a quality product there because the product is there dude there are there are teams like we we have spoken about athletic club yeah they are great team real sociedad great team great young players amazing talents so yeah i mean levante as well they have got some great players but the problem is the visibility you don't get to see i mean if you cannot even watch uh, the games of atletico madrid regularly then i mean the situation looks bleak for the teams that are down the table in the lower half of the table so that is what is the problem accessibility has been a problem and that is something that needs to be resolved 
pretty quickly i mean you can talk about all the league uh, about all about the league being professional and stuff like that but if it isn't reflecting in better conditions in better uh, visibility and better marketing for the players the conditions won't improve you have to first sell the product to be able to improve the product you know uh, you know what i mean the, but that is the yeah, thing yeah it's really hurting because you know i think after the 2019 world cup in in i think in france in which the female women football league got a lot of popularity and now kind of set the mark of change because it got in a lot of interest the attendance was good and also the broadcasting so you have in spain a lot of passionate fans athletic fans are very passionate that of barcelona real madrid you have a lot of passionate even valencia sevilla you have a lot of passionate fans and those teams have female teams but the issue now is you have those we have there are guys like us who are really passionate and really dig deep to watch those matches but you have these other guys who are who are really interested in watching the matches but due to the fact that they don't have a lot of motivation they just kind of just give up you are talking about selling the league outside which is we improve the league but it is also difficult for those who are even in Spain to even watch the games because apart from Barcelona Real Madrid who have consistent TV channels which you can watch their games but I will not say all the rest is just really bad. You talk about Atleti, Atletico Madrid. You cannot even watch Atleti's games. They are not even guaranteed to watch their home games. It's like you have to do most mountain just to do that. Talk about so these teams have passionate fans and it's really sad. Sad. It's really sad is because you see the the English league. They are really going far. I think they have a new t- new TV deal, which is really great for them, and that increases their financial power. That means. They can be pulling most of our players from La Liga, which is really bad, and you heard the league. You also have the French league. You have Canal, Canal Plus, who shows their games. You also have the German league, and you have the Australian league, even having the, the, the American league. Those leagues are growing, and you have the Spanish league, and there are lots of talents there, and you have those household names like Real Madrid. You have Athletic Club, you have Barcelona. Those are teams which can attract players, but the issue is you as the player, you are going there. I think most of the things you may have in your mind, maybe apart from Barcelona, who Real Madrid already have the financial backing and who are going to be going to be the best. Uh, Barcelona is the best at the moment. You have those other teams looking. You have those players looking at the other teams like Stepping Stone, which is kind of hurting the league. So, what do you think should be done? Because I kind of read an article today talking about the fact that despite the fact that the league went professional, they signed a contract. I think with movie star, but you had difficulties in the camera crew coming in and setting everything for able to rebroadcasting and everything. So. It looks like there's a little bit of division, not just within maybe the federation and the, 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 the clubs, but also the, within the club itself. So it kind of needs a unity for the league to progress. And that will start with maybe the bigger clubs saying, yes, we bring this and that and we sit together and discuss. Because I think a federation, an association was created for the league in 2015, which the kind of, that kind of kickstart the project to become professional. So what do you think is to change and so that our league can become as maybe more watch as that of the Premier League because I was really sorry not Premier League the Women's Super League and I was really happy with the fact that I could on here you had the Barcelona's Copa Copa de la Arena game which was available on ESPN so that was really great so what needs to change? I mean what needs to change is that everybody needs to work towards one common goal the problem is uh, it's 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 difficult I understand that there have been differences there have uh, there hasn't been a unified effort towards it because there are so many parties involved that there is always a conflict of interest at times. Even even though like we obviously every fan wants that we 
we have something like you know the FA player for the women's super league now since we are talking about that you you can watch uh, games like for countries like uh, I'm from like India we don't have an official broadcaster so you can watch literally every game for free on the FA player so fans demand something like that for the Spanish league as well it hasn't been the case because there are so many parties involved there's, there's federation there's the broadcasters there are teams so all these parties are conflicting amongst each other it's a really you know convoluted issue that need that you know i don't think anyone has the proper clarity on what the situation stands and where the problem lies in it's it's really difficult uh, to point it out but the thing is i hope it gets resolved soon i hope the money uh, the money pouring in increases because these teams deserve it like the conditions that some of the teams have it's really unacceptable for a for a so-called professional league you see rio and they don't even have the basic you don't they don't even have the basic change room facilities they don't even have the basic medical facilities they are using other teams medical uh, services so i mean that is not ideal dude the, that you you can talk about all the all about the league being professional and stuff like that but if it doesn't translate to what we see what the players if the players feel protected or if the players feel you know valued it doesn't matter i mean it doesn't matter uh, you have to you have to show what you are talking about it's all talk right now it's all you know quote unquote professional league but you don't really see that on the on the field or on in terms of investment and stuff like that so yeah i mean that needs to improve that needs to change and it starts with uh taking the risk and investing the money in the product that uh, definitely deserves more attention and definitely is marketable and is a great product so yeah yeah hopefully things change for the good so aleti play ud tenerife ganadia this weekend and their other rivals real madrid take on aleti club the aleti club and you also have real sociedad who will be playing this weekend as well. So, what's your take on Aleti playing against Tenerife usually because they need those three points and those three points will get them closer to their goal, which is finishing in the Champions League places because a win today will take them above Yuji Ganatea. So, what do you take on that game and what, do you, what are your possible outcomes? Well, I hope you guys drop points for, for the sake of Real Madrid, to be honest. <laughs> but... But yeah, I mean, that will be a really interesting game to watch. There are some great fixtures this weekend, which will be decisive in the race for the top three, obviously. So yeah, I mean, I hope it's it's a great weekend of football and I hope it's positive for Real Madrid, to be honest. <laughs> if, if all are competitive at the point, that's the best case scenario for me. So this is all for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of the Partida Partida podcast. Uh, Yash and Emmanuel ran into some technical difficulties toward the end, so uh, they couldn't really have the chance to uh, say the farewell themselves, so that's why I'm throwing an editor's note here at the end. Uh, but yeah, make sure you tell us if you want more uh, episodes about the women's team in the future. And um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us towards the end. Of course, thank you to Yash for, for joining us uh, for today's episode. And I'm just going to end it as usual. Uh, remember, nunca dejas de creer, and see you in the next episode.